Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I'm excited for this morning. I'm going to invite my beautiful bride to come up on stage with me. Thank you, worship team, amazing worship team, and our production teams. All right. Hey, we're going to have some fun today. We we're are. Gonna, we're going to have some fun. We're going to scoot closer. I want you closer. Come we on. were hey. fighting earlier yeah, today. That's why they listen, did that. But we're but back. We're, we're friends again. We're back together. Um, we just released a book, 12 Marriage Safeguards. Hey. And uh, and so we've. this is the book that took us the longest to write, almost 20 years uh, since we've been married going on 20 years, you know? So this October is the big uh, 2-0 for us, and we've been together for a, a few years before that when we started dating. And uh, so what, what we hope today is to be able to give some insight around these last 20 years, give some insight on what God's Word says. We'll talk about dating a bit. We're going to talk about marriage. We'll kind of hit a few different things. And there is 12 safeguards, which we will attempt to get through. And if we do not get through all of them, we will do part two in the second service. So we'll, we'll, see, uh, we'll see what happens. Likely, with Katie and I, I was like, together, I don't really have a lot of hope in ourselves. Yeah, I don't either. That's I'm a lot. Honest. I'm going to be honest. It's going to take two services to get through this. Um, babe, why don't we begin? I, I want to read a scripture around um, in, in uh, chapter two here, where we talk about marriage is a covenant. Babe, why don't you read this, read that scripture? Let's let's get into that. Yeah, it's Mark ten seven through nine. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Amen. 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 That's that's God's proclamation over marriage. That's God's design for marriage. That's God's intention for marriage, right? Is that it is till death do us part. That's why we have those in our vows, right? Rich or poor, sickness and health. Hopefully none of those happen, but how many know life happens? Come on, somebody. Right? So no matter what comes our way, till death do us part. That's the goal of heaven. That is the call of God. And, and there's a few things we're going to talk about. We know that idealistically... Uh, this is God's goal. It's the target. It's what we're heading towards. Also know that, hey, there's some in this room that have gone through divorce, have had difficulty, have walked through different scenarios. I just want you to remind you there's grace for everywhere and in between, right? Uh, we're going to keep heading towards the goal of God's word for our lives, our relationships, our marriages. But there's always grace for us as we walk through these scenarios and if we find ourselves having already crossed lines or messed up here or there. Listen, hey, you're in a room full of humans who've sinned, right? Us included. And so this is a place of grace, but we're going to keep together fighting for the truth of what God says about our relationships. Amen? 
Amen. Amen. You know, and I love that we kind of hit on that in the book as well, because in our culture, sometimes we can feel like marriage is an emotional decision. I actually don't feel like I love you. This is really hard or this is difficult. We always have a saying in our house. Well, actually, it's my saying. It's till death do his part because one of us is going to die. Either <laughs> one of us is going to die, either we're going to kill each other or one of us is going to die. But we've made a decision That's it. to keep that covenant. Yeah. There's going to be death involved. There's is it? <laughs> because <laughs> marriage is hard right there's yeah. moments where you feel like i am going to yeah. want to i have these difficulties yeah. these challenges Why are you staring at me so this no, right now? i don't know right babe I'm nervous <laughs> beyond personal comfort and circumstances that happen <laughs> just yes. kidding yes but we've made a decision it's a choice right and so when we stand in front of god and men actually on that day that we say, I do, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, that's We're going to keep that commitment. Yeah, and I think that's so important that th that's why we talk about it being a covenant and why do we use that terminology versus just like um, an agreement or a partnership or things like that. Covenant is is a God word, right? It's, it's, it's an eternal, everlasting type of agreement that God makes with us. And so the marriage is a reflection of that same eternal type of covenant. And as we read through the Old Testament, even in my reading this morning, I'm like, man, God's people just did not get it very well. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I go, okay, and so have we kind of walked through those same seasons, right, where God has been gracious to us, and we still run the other way, and we still do our own thing, and we still get off track, but God kept calling Israel back to himself, back to himself, like a husband to a wife, right? He, he kept reaffirming those vows, you know what I mean, of eternal covenant. I am yours. You are mine, right? Like that terminology. And so we want to, especially as believers, take on marriage with that same level of intensity. That This isn't just like, eh, you know, we'll give it our best shot. You know what I'm saying? Like, see if we like it. See if we don't. Uh, give it a good run, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, upgrade later if needed. You know, it's just like, no, wow. like, let's not have that mindset. No, you won't. No, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> like I said, there's going to be death involved. That's uh, right. You try, babe. You're dead. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, I think it's just reminding ourselves it's more than a paper certificate, right? That's part of it. But it is actually a God-ordained covenant that we do make with each other. And so um, there's no escape clause, right? It's till death do us part, that no matter what we do, whatever we face, that we're going to do this together. And so abandoning, abandoning the word divorce, too, is another thing that I want to encourage. Yeah. Of, that's not even something that should enter your language, right? It can be tempting. You face stuff. You face some really hard stuff. But eliminating that word from our vocabulary is something to be really, really to be mentioned. Um, no matter how frustrated, angry, disappointed, you're not going to jump to the threat of divorce. In marriage, we're all in, right? Yeah. I, I made a decision 19 years ago. No matter what happens, no matter what this looks like, no matter what we face, I'm actually all in. I'm committed to you regardless. And so I think that's something, too. Yeah, so, so key that we don't use that as the, the trump card in the argument. You know what I mean? Because easy to do that because we know that's going to feel like the dagger. That's going to feel like, you know, the thing that's really going to 
blow a sucker punch to our spouse in that relationship, you know? And so just making that commitment, I'm going to eliminate that out of it, right? Burn the ships. Well, words have power, (laughs) right? And so you never want to say that and and actually have that threat to somebody, right? To pull that card of, well, you know what, babe? If you do this, I'm going to divorce you. Wow, that's actually a really strong statement. And you're planting a seed in the heart in in your marriage that you actually don't want to reap the harvest of. Yeah, exactly. And and if you sit in here and go, ah, oh, well, we, you know, we've chucked it out from time to time, and maybe you just think like, that's whatever. We're just, you know, messing with each other. Just make a commitment, repent from that, apologize for that, and just kind of reset. You know what I mean? Because you you want to eliminate that type of vocabulary. Because you don't want to speak death. You know, you want to speak death over it. You want to speak life. And when you're committed to somebody, you commit beyond convenience, right? Like that is what um, marriage is going to be. There's going to be good days. There's going to be difficult days. But we're going to commit no matter what, you know, uh, beyond just what we're facing in a temporary standpoint. So uh, eliminate that from the vocabulary. I was going to say, babe, we've only had perfect days together. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. This has been easy. Yeah. You know, you know, it was interesting, though, uh, when we were first married because of and I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit because of some of the communication tactics in your family growing up when we would have conflict or have tough conversations, uh, your kind of instinct was to kind of go worst case scenario. It's true, actually. So my parents are still married, actually, and they they love each other, but we were never taught to communicate. Um, I never saw that modeled between my my mom and my dad. And so um, we were from Minnesota, and I know a lot of you guys at Cherish heard me talk about the passive-aggressive communication style (laughs) that a lot of the Midwesterner Minnesotans like to do, where we actually just sweep everything under the rug, right? And so that was kind of my modeling into marriage, is I actually never saw um, my parents really even fight to be really honest. Um, So I never saw them fight. I never saw them have a a resolution done well. But also, uh, for me, not having seen that modeled, a lot of times if we were having a challenge, because challenges are to be expected, right? You've got a him, you've got a me, there's bound to be sparks, right? We're complete polar opposite. If you don't already know that, well, cat's out of the bag. We could not be more different. He's super party animal social. I'm very organized, as you notice, my color-coded tabs today. But that goes with everything. It's true. Where are your tabs? Uh, I have a few scribbles. Scribbles. Very, very well written scribbles. (laughs) But you know, when it came to communication, I actually, you know, I hadn't ever seen a problem to be solved. And so we would have a challenge. We got married at 21 and, um, you know, you come with you, right? And we had, you know, we loved each other and we were raised in the house of God and we were serving the Lord. It was really exciting, but stuff happens, right? And so what would happen is we'd have an argument and I'd be like, all hope is lost. This is over. We're done. Like, he doesn't well, love me well, anymore. Well, you, you would say, maybe you shouldn't have married me. I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of, she wouldn't necessarily say, like, we should get a divorce, or I want a divorce, or, but it was more the insecurity coming up, mm-hmm. thinking that conflict meant something is wrong in its fundamental form. So it would be like, maybe you shouldn't have married me. Right. Rejection, you know? right? Yeah. 
So the unconditional love, which I think, husbands, you can really provide and model that to your wife. That was something I hadn't really experienced or seen or really known, obviously, our Heavenly Father, but through Samuel of going, you know, it's okay, I still love you, but I had only known rejection. So if I misbehave in my family, there is a repercussion for that, and that's rejection. And so that's all I knew growing up is I didn't do what my parents uh, were pleased with, and I actually was a really good kid, but there'd be little things, and they would push away from me, and they would push me away and reject me. And so that translated into my marriage with Samuel because I thought, oh, we're having something, we're having a, a discussion, an argument of something, we're disagreeing. So I would, I would see him counter me and wanting to work this out and have this communication. He was raised in a family that loves to communicate. They love to communicate and they love to hug. Yeah. Two things I didn't know how to do, but I'm really good now. <laughs> But I had only known that, and so I didn't know how to have a conversation, and so he would be having a healthy conversation with me as best as he could, and I would just think, well, then maybe you shouldn't have married me if I'm not perfect, yeah. which... I was like, okay, that's not where I was going with this. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I just wanted to talk. <laughs> right. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> You're best, welcome. Best, best decision of my <laughs> life. But, but no, uh, but nobody really knows fully what they're getting into. You know what I mean? Like within reason. And this that's is so true. That's why you need, you need good people around you to, to walk it out together. But um, we wanted to start by just kind of entering here to go, hey, marriage is a covenant. It's till death to us part. Let's have that mindset. Let's engage it all in, all heart, mind, soul, body. You're all in to your marriage. Don't hold anything back. Don't reserve a part of you. Don't, you know, don't get no prenuptials. You know what I'm saying? No, uh, no escape clauses. We're all in. We're fully committed. Uh, I w we wanted to jump uh, for a second to the dating conversation because uh, ultimately, because we included in here a biblical dating guide, and I say it like that because uh, biblical dating or dating in general, right, is is to lead to marriage, right? And I like to just kind of make that comment because uh, obviously you can go out and hang out with friends and you can just kind of enjoy life with different people, but if you're dating, um, you don't want to just date uh, to kill time. You know what I mean? You want to date with intention uh, that's going to lead you towards marriage. And actually, that's how God designed relationships to be, is relationships should progress. They're designed that way, uh, and w which is why, um, like for us with our girls, and even for me growing up from a dating environment, my parents are like, hey, wait until you're ready to do something about those emotions before you start dating. Right, and that's the primary reason why we're like, I don't really, we're not gonna have our girls date as young girls, as junior hires, as teenagers, as young teenagers. Not because we're like trying to be strict and ah, and you know, no fun for you. It's like, well, what are you gonna do with that? Well, the Bible talks about not awakening love before it's proper time as well, right? right? And so, obviously, we're talking young girls. Um, but, yeah, dating is, there is a time and a place for dating. And so, whether that's like, you know, teenage, college age, but even for, there's some dating things that you can, you, you don't want to just kill time and look for free dinners, ladies, okay? <laughs> but also... But also, if you're dating and he's not buying your dinner, that's your last also, day. Also, that's your last day. That's your last day. You're not dating an emerged man, obviously. 
if an emerge dude rolls up and goes 50-50 on you, then that's game over. Open He's done. doors, pay for dinner. He's done. Gio's going to hurt that dude, okay? We will send Gio after you. Yeah. And Samuel. Yeah, we don't play games. No, you, you don't. You got, you got, to, you got to, to lead well there. I would say uh, maybe let's talk a little bit about, though, sometimes as Christians there can be that weird pressure because we believe that dating is for marriage, then we feel like every date has to lead to marriage. <laughs> no, it does you not, know, actually. It doesn't have to. I don't really, I don't, whether you're, you know, 19 or you're 39, I think it's good to just do the right steps, you know, like you've, notice that guy or that girl. Um, but then you're like, you need to get to know each other, right? And so I, I don't, I've heard the pressure of, obviously you, you have the intention of marriage, but ladies, like if you go on a date, that doesn't mean you're getting married. Okay. Like, don't put that. And same with you dudes. I don't know if dudes do that, but girls are like, all right, I already got my wedding dress planned. Okay. (laughs) But take the time really to spend with that person in different settings to really, truly to ask the questions and get to know, do I actually really like you? Am I attracted to you? And not jump prematurely to we're getting married. So, so you, you date, you only want to date people that you could potentially see marriage with in the sense of aligned values, aligned, you know, heart after God. But don't put unnecessary awkward pressure that every day is like, well, this, we, we're either getting married next week or this has got to end. You know, it's like calm down a little bit, you know, enjoy each other, build relationship, which is why getting to know people, you know, serving at church and group settings, it's why it can be more beneficial because you can actually get to know somebody more honestly before you get in those formal sitting across at a nice dinner trying to all act the part and you put your best face on. Like if you can see each other when you're on Saturday morning, you know, do, do what, what's the acronym? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was trying to this throw out the acronym, out. but obviously just proved I've never been to it. So They do a uh, Murph, babe. They do the Murph on the beach. D-H-T-O. There it is. Yeah, like I said, it's a, I have a tattoo on about it because... I'm all in so you and don't stuff, forget. but um, it's good. But anyways, uh, how did those workouts go again? Dave? Yeah, I don't know what I was saying. I got distracted. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're so, talking about dating and yeah. just getting to know that person, and too, like, can I just add to that? Don't be, don't be so eager, right? Like, don't be so desperate that you're just so badly. And I, I know we had a little um, panel on a Wednesday night, and if you weren't there, I said it, but I think it's worth mentioning again. Obviously, you, you want to be looking for that right person, and God has a perfect person or people, right? We, we talked about there's not just one. Maybe there's a couple. You choose one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Sorry. hey, hey. That got really weird. This, is, this isn't That was the, not meant to be weird. This isn't the Salt Lake campus. No, Come this on. is not. We are not. We don't do that. We don't do that here. It's different rules here. <laughs> different rules. You get one wife, people. <laughs> Only one. That's all you can handle. Would you want two of me? No. <laughs> Answer wisely. No. Actually, I'll keep talking. You don't listen, talk. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Go ahead. But I think when you are dating and when you are wanting to, you know, sometimes you can, you just so badly want to be married, but focus on, are you a quality person to marry? 
Like, am I actually wife material? Would somebody want to marry me? Am I an awesome husband? Am I actually a good provider that I would be prepared to lead and love a wife like she, she deserves? Am I actually, do I know how to treat a woman? Do I know how to how, do all of these things where I just say, like, work on yourself? Like, constantly, I remember, obviously, I feel like it's a bit elementary, but I remember somebody telling me this years ago. I was at a youth group camp. I was probably... 13 or 14, and I remember a youth leader saying, write down all the qualities that you want in your husband. And I know that's cheesy, but I did it. But I remember thinking, yeah, but what do I want to be to that man? Like, what are the qualities? You are all that list, yes. And she a basically few extra, ordered me. I, it's like a, like a heaven order, you know what I'm saying? Custom ordered. Custom. But also, I had to work on myself at the same time of, I want this awesome, godly, incredible man who's going to lead and love and be a great father to my children. But am I a quality wife? Am I actually the person that he would want to marry? So girls and guys, focus on yourself. Like, what are you doing to cultivate that in your life, to lead yourself? So when that guy comes, you're like, oh, game over. Let's do this. Let's go. Love that. And uh, we're going to jump into the 12 safeguards here in a minute. But uh, on that with dating, what I just encourage you, date in a way that I will either will set you up for a great marriage or set you up to be able to break up gracefully. So what I mean by that is if you date with purity and integrity, you have less regrets, right? If you do end up needing to go, you know what, this... This relationship isn't right. It's not a good fit. We're not seeing ourselves together forever. That's okay. Not every dating relationship is going to go there. But if you've already, already crossed every sexual boundary, it just creates unnecessary additional baggage and pain and all of that. So if you do it, date God's way, date biblically, date with purity in your relationships, then it will set you up to have a richer intimacy in marriage. Or if you do end up needing to break up, you can break up with a little bit more integrity, right? A little bit more peace of mind so you don't have to be like, shoot, like I'm kind of using and abusing or I'm, you know, just leaving a piece of my heart, you know, everywhere, all over the, you know, it's like, no, just if you, if you set your relationship up God's way, you actually set your marriage up to thrive and or, you know, you can be able to have confidence that, hey, you honored, especially guys to, to that woman, you can say, hey, I, I honored that woman, regardless of whether we end up becoming married uh, or not, you're going to live with honor and integrity towards her. Cool? Sounds good? All right. We're going to get into safeguards, and we have like five, 10 minutes. Okay, so we're definitely going to do a part two um, next service. But safeguards are necessary because your marriage has enemies. Uh, you know, supernatural enemies in the sense of the enemy trying to take your marriage out, as well as natural uh, kind of forces. And so safeguards protect, guard, and set you up to have a healthy, passionate, thriving, great marriage together. So let's get into the first safeguard, which is trusting God's word. Trust in God's word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Uh, in one sense, this is self-explanatory, but I, I want to bring it up to say that when it comes to relationships, allow God's word to be the guiding factor, right? Not cultural opinions and narratives and influences. God's word has the ability to guide us and set us up to have a healthy marriage, healthy relationships, put us in a place that we're not governed by kind of emotions and governed by just what we feel or what culture tells us, but we maintain God's word as the anchor and the foundation. 
do you want to uh, hit on kind of some of that emotional side yeah. of it? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple. I highlighted a couple things, babe. Okay, go ahead. Let emotions indicate, not lead you. Um, so allow those emotions that you're feeling indi- be indicators, but not guide and direct and lead your whole your whole everything. Uh, but more of what I want to talk about is happiness is a byproduct, actually, of a healthy marriage. Um, be careful of making feelings of making feelings the king of your life. So. Um, you know, obviously going back to a lot of my upbringing, um, I wasn't really trained. I, there was a season when Samuel and I were dating, right? And so how old were we when you left? You were 19. And, um, so Samuel and I had already started dating. And so he had left to go to, uh, Seattle to do Bible college. And I was like devastated. My whole world had crumbled. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, my boyfriend left and I really love him. So, um, through that season, I got really depressed. I actually stopped eating. I was like sleeping. And my, I remember my mom going, you just need Samuel. Actually, you're just sad. You need Samuel. And I was like, I do. That's going to actually complete everything. Everything is going to be solved if I go see Samuel. So I, I remember it was Valentine's day. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to secretly fly to Seattle and surprise him. And I did. Um, but fast forward, like, you know, years later, you know, being trained that Samuel is the, is the actual solution to my happiness. Samuel adds happiness to me, but it, it kind of carried into my... But I'm not the solution. Is you are saying. not the solution. Yeah. yeah. But I think there could be a misunderstanding that, you know, like, you are actually going to make me happy. And together, I'm just going to be in perfect, like, happiness, right? Yeah. But in that of going, like, he's going to actually solve the problems that I'm feeling. Actually, he is the solution to why I'm maybe not, like, living my life, not happy, not dealing with other emotional things in my life. And so in marriage, we got married, and I thought I was going to be so happy. And I was, right? Samuel's amazing. But I found a level of just, like, sadness in my life. And I was like, wait a second, I, I'm married. I'm supposed to be happy now. He's supposed to answer all of my problems right now. <laughs> Instead of going, you know, he's actually going to add to my life emotionally, but he is not responsible. And there's a lot of indicators of what's happening in my life. And so working on ourselves actually, yeah. and, and developing an emotionally healthy self, it becomes better He's great. He adds to happiness. I add to happiness. We have a, a great life, but it's a byproduct of yeah. health, right? Happiness yeah. and joy is a byproduct of healthy relationship. Yeah, exactly. There, we, we don't, um, we make each other better. We make each other stronger. We add joy to each other's life. But when we try to make our spouse fix all of our emotional pain and voids and issues, then we're actually setting ourselves up for heartache because that's not really uh, the primary design of, of the relationship. So we find joy in relationship. There's incredible love and intimacy there. But at the end of the day, we have to learn how to lean into God, his word, for our ultimate joy, fulfillment, happiness, peace. That's where that has to flow from. And when you have two people looking to God for happiness, looking to God for joy, looking to God for peace, when we have that, then those two coming together are going to be able to really iron, sharpen iron, right? Are going to be able to add value to each other, able to serve each other and serve God together. So... Good. Let's, uh, should we go to the second one here? Try to cruise through one or two more. Uh, Safeguard number two is committing to growth, right? Committing to grow together. Babe, you want to jump in on that? Yeah. 
Obviously, both individuals must be committed to continual growth, right? So um, no matter how old you are, we were 20, 21. We had a lot of growth to do when we got married, you guys. <laughs> like, I can't even tell yeah. you. <laughs> Actually, I wrote a note because we're talking about, like, pet peeves. I've talked about that before. Oh, gosh. Uh, Katie loves everything about me except how I walk, talk, breathe, eat, and sleep. And... Uh, and I wrote a note, this is a direct quote from yesterday when Katie and I were uh, working on this. It says, you do a lot of weird things. You do. Does anybody <laughs> else's husband do like really weird things? Or if you're a husband, you know you do weird things? I know, Paul, we know you do. Laura's too nice. Doing? She's not raising her hand. Come you were on, doing Laura. something so weird, and I was like, "What are you doing? That's so weird." <laughs> I don't know. Listen, uh, I'm here to refine like you. Like sometimes we'll be talking, and, and I'll you. like, I like lean weird. She's like, "Why are you?" But you like don't lean. You like pause. He like pauses. He does this thing, and he goes, and then he just stays. I, I don't know. Or like, I, do you have a kink in your neck? Yeah. Are you okay? Are you do you? <laughs> Or is this like freeze tag and I didn't know? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. And then like the other, yesterday, literally we're, uh, we're like having a sandwich, eating like we're preparing this and I'm eating. <laughs> and she just goes, I cannot watch you eat. I don't. I just, oh my God, what's happening right now? Uh, well, so this book will not help you tried. with eating. This book is not going to help you with eating uh, better. So just as a note, which by the way, if you want to put that slide, we do have a special 20% off discount for the Bressy family. If you want to scan that, you, if you want to grab the book, you can. And, uh, and we got a little discount code. Enter Bressy. Come on. Get a special TLC. So do not share this with other people. This is exclusive content. Um, or that you. discount code is anyway. So committing to grow, though, is so important. You know, you're going to have pet peeves. That's all right. You know, Sorry. work through it. Um, and uh, you I'm know, trying guys, to grow. I'm committed to growing through them, babe. You are committed to growing. Uh, that's great. And, uh, and I'm, I'm committed to trying to figure out how to not snore at night. Okay, so. I'm uh, also committed to that. That's a great one. <laughs> That's a great thing I'm trying to work on. So, But I um, think, you know, to be really serious, obviously, committed to actually growing your relationship because when you do come together and you're, you've made this commitment to spend the rest of your life, there's so much growing to be had. You're trying to figure out, like, this person. Like, first of all, you're, you're a dude. <laughs> like, I don't understand, guys. <laughs> That's the first thing. Like, you do weird things, okay. But also, how do we communicate? How do we problem solve? How do we tackle finances? How do we tackle children? How do we tackle difficulty with our children? How do we tackle friendships? How do we, all of this, and being committed to being open to inviting the right people into our lives and committed to bettering ourselves to better our marriage, to never settle for like, uh, it's kind of working, but constantly always engaging to improve ourselves, to improve our marriage, and to never stop. So good. Obviously, you want to finish out your days married, but you don't want to make your entire goal just staying together, right? That's, that's great. That's a part of covenant. Um, but ultimately, you want to keep, you, you want to have a great marriage. You know what I mean? Like, and I talk about that a lot of times, but I want us in this campus to be known as like, man, they're just the best marriages, fun marriages. Like today, I decided to dress like I'm going on vacation for no reason. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to go to Palm Desert. Let's, Let's head go. out. 
Uh, come on, look at these ankles. Gosh. Look at those ankles. Yeah. Sorry. Causing some struggles over there on the, on the side. Um, the, uh, but honestly, I had already committed to this outfit this morning. I got up, and it's like rainy and cloudy and feels like fall or winter. And I'm like, well, too bad. You know, Jessica and I are, are wearing summer pink uh, spring colors. We're doing it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that Pastor Jurgen and Leanne teach around this that I love and, and I could not write a book on marriage without including this was when Pastor Jurgen said that God challenged him about how his wife was a product of his husbandry. And I think that I wrote kind of like um, an addendum to that or like uh, as well that and also your husband flourishes off of your words, right? There. The man leads the way in that, but that does go both ways in a marriage where we get the chance to shape each other. You know, we get a chance to strengthen. Now, we're not, we're, we're not like able to like force a spouse to change or you have, you know, like, but actually you, you do help each other grow. You know, you do make each other better. And as long as you're both open to allowing the other to speak into your life, that is what's so key, right? I want to stay teachable, right? And especially as men, like even in a culture where like, come on, emerge, man, we're leading strong, we're bold, we're lions, ah, you know? That doesn't mean that when you and your wife are building something together that you're like, woman, just do what I say, <laughs> you know? Like, that's not how that should translate. It's not very effective. Okay? That's not effective, See, Katie's body language even changed there when I just <laughs> pretended the stiletto aimed at me with fierce, you know. But the Bible talks about mutual submission. Yes, I lead our home, but I would be a massive fool to not allow uh, a mutual conversation of input and counsel and us counseling each other, challenging each other, strengthening each other. We are better together, okay? We're better when we're in our roles, right? I need to lead. Husbands, you need to lead your family. But leadership, great leaders, humble leaders, strong leaders, bold leaders are leaders who also take the counsel of those that are around them. That's true in business. That's true in any form of leadership, and that's true in marriage, right? Wise husbands are going to counsel with their wife, right, and vice versa. And together, we're going to grow together. We're going to make each other better. And, and uh, you know, when in marriage, the longer you're married together, men, your wife should get happier, more full of life. Uh, women, your husband should get more confident more courageous, right? Like, even though we need guys in our corner, there's nothing like the power of our wife's voice. And I just want to remind the ladies, you have insane power. <laughs> I think you kind of know that. Superpowers. And you try to pretend like you don't have female superpowers, but you know you can pretty much get your husband to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Within reason. 
Well, the Which saying is, goes, it, we are the neck that turns the head, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's good to say, but I think it's a, it's a good thing to make note that women, you do have the power to influence your husband in a, in, in a great way. Yeah. And to use that influence and use your words and use your power to better him and to better your lives, to better your home, to speak life and to encourage him opposed to the opposite, right? right. But I have the power to, to literally crush him in a second with my it's words. True. Or I have the power to literally make him think that he is literally, you are the God's greatest gift to the planet, right? I'm not the only one who thinks that. I'm kind of a words of affirmation, guys, so I'm good for a month now. All right, I'm good. I got it out. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's good to to use our words, right? And to, as you're navigating life and you're navigating marriage and, and all of these things, that you are opposite. And to not attack that with your husband or your wife, but actually lean into their strength, lean into what they add. Sometimes it's annoying because you just want somebody just like you. This is how I do it. Why can't you just do it like I do it? (laughs) Instead going, you know what? If it weren't for you, I actually wouldn't have expanded and grown and been pushed in this area and become better. And so I think that's the beauty of marriage, right? And instead of saying, we first attract Opposites attract and then they attack. (laughs) But make sure you don't attack each other. Make sure that you continually see the gold and see the epicness that your spouse brings to the table to add to your life. Yeah. You know, um, we'll we'll land the plane with just kind of, we already have been referencing it, so I think we could kind of include it in this, this services chat. But this third safeguard is that healthy and honest communication, you know. And we have to keep... We have to keep talking. You know, one of the things that um, kind of we note in there, and I put it in all caps, keep talking, is that, you know, you're going to you're gonna hit walls of communication. You're going to hit differences. You're not going to always see eye to eye on things. There's going to be challenges. But I just want to encourage you, keep talking. Keep working it out. Keep going to the table of conversation. Keep dealing with the things that need to be dealt with. Don't stop communicating because you hit a, a block, a blockade. You know what I'm saying? Don't, you know, give up because you, you hit something that's difficult. Keep going there. Keep yeah. having conversations. Yeah, and that's something that we had to work really hard, obviously. Uh, it goes back to, obviously, number one of just keep, be committed to continue to grow, right? Whether you're having to go through your dysfunction of what you were raised in with your family and your your life and upbringing. But this is something that Samuel brought into our marriage to go there, to go to the difficult conversations, to say the things, to confront my behavior, confront my attitude, confront whatever was happening at the risk of what we say to have to sleep on the couch. Now, I never told my husband, go sleep on the couch. That's where you belong. But he knew there was the risk of having a cold evening without me because he's going to actually go somewhere because he doesn't want to settle in our marriage to go like, we're just going to have all these topics that we don't talk about actually. Because after the course of five years, 10 years, 20 years, you find you've never talked about the difficult things. You've never grown through these things. You've never challenged each other on these things. And now you do find yourselves in separate bedrooms. You do find yourselves in separate moments, having a different life, being roommates, and that's not what we want. We want to constantly fight for health and communication to talk about the difficult things. And a lot of times we talk about the difficult things and I'm like, He's actually the communicator of the two of us. I'm like, I'm fine. 
It's fine. We're just going to talk about this later. When we, I when we were first minutes. married, uh, there was a lot of, babe, what's up? I'm fine. Which, in case you don't know, that's code for everything oh, is 100% geez. not fine. That's cool. that's secret. That's secret. Show of hands who said I'm fine. Every yeah. single person. <laughs> yeah. So fine doesn't mean fine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so keep digging underneath the surface there. Walk that out together. And uh, it, it was is now now uh, we communicate quite well. I used to be where it was like it could be two three days of Katie unwinding again just because of programming how she kind of grew up through that in communication I had to learn how to chill out allow her to process her way she had to um, learn a lot of me process my way and we had to kind of keep working that thing out together but um, when I was I was like trying to decide I I wrote a note here it says body slam story and I was trying to decide if I should share it you should I, because now it sounds weird yeah now it sounds weird um Give some context. I am going to share the story, but before I do that, I, we had we talk about uh, coffee dates in here. Talk about communication. We brought that up on our Wednesday talk, but I I want to we really articulate it in the book because it's a really powerful way to strengthen communication, add value, and um, help make your dating way better. If you ever gotten to a date and you and your spouse are so agitated each other, the date is ruined. Uh, that has happened to us many times, and the secret answer to that is in here, okay? I almost guarantee you can eliminate that issue on date night by doing a couple simple things that connect better. So that, that's in here. Which, but let's, which is like just be intentional with communication, right? Yeah. You don't have to go to a coffee shop. Babe, you, you don't, don't, don't tell them the top secret. That's why they have to buy the oh, book. okay. I'm just, I'm just we're kidding. We're standing up now. I'm just kidding. Stand with me. Uh, we're going we're gonna to pray here, but I, I got to tell the body slam story. Okay. So get excited, people. Well, yeah. Don't call. Don't call anybody on us. Uh, so we, when we were first married, and tensions in these communication moments, and you know, she's getting frustrated and agitated, or you know, we're freaking out a little bit, and and I would just be like, okay. Uh, we're not communicating. Like, something needs to, like, interrupt the intensity of this situation right now. So one time I said, I said, babe, if you don't calm down, which is a dangerous move, you know, so if you don't calm down, I'm going to body slam you on this bed. And she goes, no, you won't. And so we keep going. I said, I am going to do it. And she goes, no, you won't. So all of a sudden, I just pick her up over my shoulder and just body slam her into a bed. It's a soft bed calmly he without anger or aggression <laughs> just to clarify and it works she starts laughing it breaks the tension it was amazing okay but i will tell you that worked about 50 percent of the time okay body slam at your own risk yeah that body slam at your own risk okay i'm just telling you what 50 percent of the time was like ah laugh broke the tension just what we needed the other time it made it worse okay so that is just a little note. It's a body slam communication tip. Take it at your own risk, okay? So that may or may not be, may or may not be ideal. Uh, we're we're going to hit the rest of the safeguards in the next service. And, uh, but I want to pray. If, if you're married, if you're, uh, if you're uh, sp especially, but if you're dating or you're engaged, hold hands with your, your, uh, your spouse or your significant other. And uh, I want you to take a moment and just pray for pray for each other for a moment. Just uh, pray God's blessing. 
pray God's favor on them. Pray God's grace on them. Um, Extend grace right now towards each other. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you, God, for great marriages, great relationships. God, new seasons of friendship and courage and kindness. And uh, God, we thank you for men stepping up to lead their homes well. We thank you for, for wives stepping up into their strength in marriage and relationship. God, that together we are leading our homes with, with authority, with peace, with joy, with courage. God, that we'd overcome those hurdles that might try to trip us up. Or maybe some in the room where it just feels like, you know, on thin ice or on the edge, your last, last kind of ditch effort of hope and marriage. God, I pray that today would be a new day of, of grace, of mercy, of forgiveness, of coming back to the table of that covenant. And God, that there would be commitment together. There would be, uh, there would be life uh, till death do us part type of courage and commitment in this house and in this room we pray in Jesus name in Jesus name amen amen wow what an amazing word I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did hey listen for more information about our church go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.